Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to be sure you're all current on the awesome speakers we have coming up and other exciting opportunities. If you want to be in the know, make sure you're on our email list. If you'd like to be added, swing by our website, boothbesties.com, and shoot us a message with your email. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, do that too. It's awesome. Today's focus is Kids in VO with the creator of Yes I Can. Kids Academy, Martha Kahn. All right, A.B., tell us about our guest. All right. An experienced VO talent herself, Martha is an acting coach, writer, and producer who specializes in helping kids find their voice, build self-esteem, and launch successful voiceover careers. The demos she has produced and auditions she has coached have helped kids acquire agents, land commercials, and book network animations. When kids work with Martha, they learn to say, yes, I can. Over to you, JT. And I can tell you with my kiddo coaching with Martha, yes, they can. (laughs) Martha, thank you so much for being here with us. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. Hi, everybody. I am so happy to be here. Yay. Well, tell us a little bit more about your voiceover journey. Oh, well, first of all, let me just say, I do love working with your kiddo. We have a lot of fun and he is super duper talented. He's a great actor. Um, Yeah. Well, my journey, Uh, first and foremost, I'm an actor. Uh, My background is in theater. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in theater and um, I love voiceover. My journey began in voiceover a long time ago, and many years ago, uh, I was at probably the very first voiceover conference, and I met John Florian, and I started working for John, and I was trying to sell an ad to Celia Siegel, and Celia asked me if I wanted to come work for her. So I was working for John and Celia and trying to do voiceover (laughs) and I'm a salesperson. So I excel at sales and was trying to do all of this, but I was loving the other side of voiceover and I was working as Celia's marketing sales and talent manager and working with John. And I've been working for John for 10 years all this time. So a couple of years ago, Celia said to me, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, There's an acting school here in San Diego that was primarily kids on camera. And I reached out and I said, hey, do you think your kids, sorry, you guys, I'm in a flight pattern here and I'm not in my booth. So if you hear some airplanes, pardon me. (laughs) Um, So I reached out to the school and I said, you know, do you think that your on-camera kids might like to learn voiceover? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, come on over and, you know, sit in on one of my adult classes. And one class, and she was hooked. And it turned out that her kids started studying with me and they started booking. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm on to something. I had a minor in children's theater. And I found out I loved working with kids. So after seven years of working with Celia, we had a a come to moment where she said to me, Martha, you're not living your passion here. Go work with kids. And she kind of gave me the boot. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) who knew? This was two weeks before COVID. And I had a built-in career. Kids had nothing to do during COVID, and my con kids voiceover just took off. And ever since, I've just had a full-on career. I've had kids get lead animations in Disney Plus animations and 
found kids agents and con kids voiceover just took off. And I just did a big gig at VO Atlanta where I met a lot of you. And I ran the first two day, two track, uh, conference for kids. And there you have it. So that's me in a nutshell. That is awesome. I think it's funny that Celia said, no, go do your thing. She did. Timing was perfect. And timing, who knew? Yeah, timing was perfect. And so that's Con Kids voiceover. And I just really, you know, kids keep me real. And my job is to keep the kid in the kid and not turn them into little acting gnomes, you know, just keep them real because that's what that's what the casting directors want they want real kids yeah so it's, i guess it's the uh the same for them as it is for us it, they want authentic and and real and just be you yeah yeah exactly exactly i can i can teach them techniques but by and large they want authentic emotion and real kids Okay. Well, the majority of our audience has kids. Some are older, some are younger. If you're Alicia, you've got the whole range from the one in college to the one who just finished kindergarten. And I think at some point we've all heard, I want to do voiceovers too. And, you know, the path for kids isn't necessarily the same as it is for adults. And most of us, I think, have the same reaction to their enthusiasm. We're like, great. And then we realized that we have no idea how to get our kids started in VO. Um, I mean, if you have an agent, chances are pretty good. They've asked you about your kids and once in a while they'll send an audition their way. But if you don't have an agent, finding auditions for kids has to be a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love the pay to plays for kids. I love Voice 123 for kids because it's free. And kids can really learn to cut their teeth on voice one, two, three auditions. And there's some really, really good auditions on there. And um, there's some very fair paying auditions as well. But also, they learn to put their best foot forward, to learn how to audition. They learn rejection. They learn that the audition is the job. And, um, you know, getting an agent is, is the second part of it. The first part is learning how to audition, learning how to give two takes, learning emotion, learning. I, I teach a, I, I teach something that I learned from my early coaches from James Allberger, who wrote The Art of Voice Acting. And I teach a technique called the ABCs of voiceover. Audience, backstory, character. Who are you talking to? That's your audience. B is the backstory. What's going on before you open your mouth? Let's make up a little scenario of what's going on. And then who are you? And then we add the emotion. I have a whole stack of cartoon-like cards that have emotions on them. And I play three in a row games with them. Let's look at three ways to say this same line with the same emotion so that they do the other ABC, the ABC that the booth director wants. Give me a three in a row of this same emotion so that they know how to give what a booth director wants. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So I Uh, teach them to be pros. For sure. I mean, we always stress the importance of coaching to our audience, no matter how long you've been in voiceover, whether you're new or you've been at it for 20 years, coaching is so important. Um, But not all of us do coach because there's a skill to it. And coaching our own kids maybe through an audition, but actually teaching them to pursue the skills that they need. It's just a distinct set of challenges because, you know, the way that we're taught doesn't necessarily translate to a 10-year-old and 
You know how kids are when they hear something from their parents, you get the eye roll. Uh, I was just going to say the eye roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah mom, yeah. mom and dad get the eye roll. So they have a, a little more uh, attention when you're, when, when they have a coach and then, you know, the parents can say, you know, I did tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about how coaching for kids is different. Um, you know, I, it's interesting when I coach adults, I do a lot of the same coaching. There's a lot more patience with kids in that there's, um, how is it different? You know, it's, it's, it's very much the same as I, as I coach adults. It's just that there's more patience with kids there's never any wrong. We, we never tell an adult they're wrong either. But with kids, we just, we, I want kids to have self-expression that comes from their heart center. I want them to feel the freedom to, I want to allow them to express what's inside of themselves. And so there's no shame ever. Whether their read is right or wrong, we find a different way to read it if it's not the right read. I have made mistakes with kids before. You only do it once when you make a mistake with a child and make them feel bad. And you ne- I, I will never do it again because the last thing I ever want to do is make a child feel bad about themselves. And when you're in a creative process, if you make a child feel bad about themselves, they're not going to come back. You've really, you've done them wrong. And so I have to be very, very careful to allow a child their expression. Voiceover isn't for every child, but expression is for every child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So. I mean, how do we know if we should get our kids into voice acting? How do we know if it's going to be a good fit for them? Well, the only way to do that is to try. So I offer an introductory class and, uh, you know, a one session and usually one or two or three sessions and a child will know themselves. They can feel it if they feel good about it or not. And if they want to keep going, listen. You take piano classes not to become the next concert pianist. You take art classes not to become the next Picasso. Voiceover may be just for doing the pleasure of reading scripts and having a good time. And you can do that too. You don't have to go on Voice 123 or get an agent. Maybe you just want to do it for the art of enjoying the fact that you're performing. And maybe you don't want to go any further than that. And that's the agreement that the parent and I have. Well, little Johnny just wants to do this because mom is doing it and it makes him feel good. I think Yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. I mean, you know, my daughter takes art classes because she enjoys art, but she's probably not going to make a living doing it. And yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about it as a a fun outlet, a creative outlet. Yeah, so it's a process rather than a product-oriented project. For some, it's a product-oriented project. Yeah, interesting. Let's see, you've just like completely changed my perspective on that. So Um, there's that allowing. Yeah. And there are also, you know, there's a, a an adult that I worked with that I would have never put money on, ever, ever, ever. And he has my permission. He gave me permission to tell the story that I would have never put money on him. And I sent him to uh, a coach in L.A. The coach in L.A. worked with him. And by God, not only did he get himself an L.A. agent, but he got himself a national commercial on a SAG card. Wow. So, you know, it's like 
never, I never ever tell anybody that they can't do this. Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know when one, one coach might click where another one didn't. That also is really true. Really true. So while I might not be the coach for every child, there are tons of really great coaches. Really great. And I might be only able to take a coach from point A to point, you know, C or D and then let somebody else take over Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. And, you know, again, going back to the the comparison you made earlier, um, my kids, when they were little, took piano from a really sweet and wonderful woman. But once they get so far, she hands them off to somebody else because she enjoys just that that early process and teaching them the basics of piano and then just feels like it's it's time for them to move on to somebody who can take them to the next place they want to go. Yeah. You know, I'm reading the chat here and Jen said, I believe the children are our future. It's like, if I could just give these kids one little gem that they take with them down the road, it's like, did you ever have a teacher that just did that one thing that stuck with you for the rest of your life? It's like, if, if you could just give that kid one diamond, that would be so great. And so that's why when I was naming the business, Yes, I Con, it's like, you know, the kids just, I I had this one girl and the first thing she asked me was, is it okay to make mistakes? And I was like, yeah, dude, the more the better, you know, (laughs) because the the more mistakes you make, the closer you get to where you want to go. And this is the place to make those mistakes. And if if i could just teach these kids that it's it's this life is not for perfection it's for progress and you know if if i could just make a little impact on their sweet little lives that makes me so happy when when they when they get all frazzled like we do when we're in a script and we say the same line over and over and keep you know getting our our tongue stuck in our teeth i tell them close your eyes think of a color that's really calming say your name to yourself three times just to yourself nobody can hear it give yourself a positive affirmation and then say Yes, I can. And they love it. You know, they they know it's a play on words. And they just, they, they're just happy. They like that little meditation. I like that. Oh, so many golden nuggets coming away from tonight. Um, so you touched a little bit on um, agencies and getting our kids involved or not with an agent is the approach different if you're going after an agent for your child um, i mean are there some agents that are just you know if i i would imagine even just figuring out which agents are more kid friendly who work more specifically with, um, you know, marketing their services to people who hire kids. Yeah, there are, there are definitely agents that want kids. You know, it used to be when I first got into the business that the kids could do auditions from their phone. Now it's, it's become a down and dirty business. You've got to have a home studio You've got to have a decent mic. You've got to have a setup. You know, the dog has to be quiet. The kids have to be quiet. It has become a family business where everything has to revolve around that child voice actor. No more doing them in the car. Just the agents really want high level 
professional auditions, which is kind of, it's good and bad. It's a double-edged sword because now I have to teach my parents, not only do I have to teach your child how to do voiceover, but I have to teach you how to audition. I've, I've worked now, I work with Larry Hudson, who is an amazing resource for me because not only does he teach Audacity and Adobe Audition to my parents, but he also teaches my parents how to build home studios for very reasonably, for very reasonable price. And that's very, very helpful to me. So what we do is we coach for however many months we need to coach. It's not as long as adults. But it's, it's a, a long enough time that I start them with commercials, then I go into narration, and then animation, and then back to commercial. Because once they've done all that, then we do a commercial demo, and then we go to the agents. Then the agent, if they're interested in you, then they'll probably give you animation and commercial spots to audition with. So you've got to know all of those. Narration, you get more on the pay-to-plays, but you've got to know how to do all of them because you'll get mostly animation, but some commercial from the agents. So you have to be very well-versed. The agents that are hiring kids are Coast to Coast, CESD, Vox, Maverick, uh, what is it, AEF? I forget the, all the, the four initials. Um, uh, Stuart Talent, DDO. Those are the main kid agencies. And they all get pretty much the same auditions. I just got auditions today, and I got the same agencies sent them out. So they all pretty much get the same auditions. Um, that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm probably not the only one wondering this. So if you, if you land one really solid agent for your kiddo, that's all they're going to need. Um, you know, Eric Shepard in, uh, Texas might get regionals and there are probably regional agents that you can get auditions from. and. Um, in Portland, you may get different you may get different uh, auditions, um, but the main ones from like Disney, Pixar, uh, Apple TV, Netflix, they're going to probably go to the the big agencies. Okay, and then I, I see Brian asked, "What's the best age to get them started in VO?" I think different coaches might give you different answers. My personal opinion is I like to start them around eight when they can read because when they can't read, it's a little more challenging. So, I mean, I've worked with four-year-olds and five-year-olds, but basically you're line reading them. And so I think it's better when they can start reading. But I do recommend them starting acting classes as early as they want to go because better actors make better voice actors. So I, you know, I like going into an agency and saying, Hey, do your on-camera talent want to book their voice better up their booking ratio and then work with the kids who are already actors. And that's a lot of fun because they're already actors. Can I pop in for a second, JT? Of course. So Martha, I have a couple of kids who do voiceover and um, we, while they have a small regional agent, we, I find that it's really hard to manage their career and my career at the same time. And I'm just wondering what you feel like is the best way to find them that better agency representation. Is it really just like with us where you just got to have the right coach who connects you to the right agent or uh, is it, you know, reaching out through submission forms online? Is there some, like, what's the best way to, to get those kids in front of the big agents short of calling up your agent and saying, please listen to my child, which 
I did do at one point, but uh, they weren't really doing much at that point. And I haven't really wanted to broach it again. I wasn't sure if that was cool. What's your opinion? Well, you know, Alicia, I think that an introduction is always from somebody that you know, a mutual person, is always the easiest way. So if you have a mutual connection, that's always going to be optimal. Um, mm -hmm. uh, if they have a book of work, that's also going to be just like, just like we adults. If you have a book of work and you present it to an agent, then an agent's going to be more interested because the child has already worked. And so the agent's going to see, listen, agents see dollar figures, right? Mm -hmm. So if the agent sees, oh, this child's going to bring me money, then they're more likely to say, yeah. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, oh, sorry. She just turned 12. 12 and 6. 12 and 6. So the six-year-old, has the six-year-old done a lot of work? He hasn't. He's done uh, mostly auditions. We do get auditions through ACM, and he thinks they're so much fun. But like I, you know, like you mentioned earlier, he's not reading yet. And a lot of the auditions we get through ACM require them to learn a song very quickly. And since he can't read... I can line read him scripts all day long, but it's a lot harder to line read a song, you know? So I don't really do much with him. It's mostly my 12 year old at this point who she's booked three or four jobs and she loves it, but I just don't have the time to go out and market for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I do have an incredible singing coach who um, has helped my kids get a lot of uh, jobs, like um, not a lot, but like, I have one gal in particular, the one who opened uh, Vio Atlanta Disney. Unfortunately, the um, the screen didn't work. But oh, I remember one, she sounded lovely. Yeah, she, Alice's Wonderland Adventure. That was her singing coach. Um, if if you guys ever need somebody to help for Disney songs, or that's what they do. They they want it. Everybody wants it. The two I got today were due tomorrow. And I have a huge beef with these guys, with these kids' auditions, because they want them the next day, mm -hmm. less than 24 hours. And it's like, this is not fair to the parents or the kids, because, hello, we have homework. Moms have dinner to make. I don't know how you can expect them to do this in less than 24 hours. Um, but I, I'm sorry, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, well, it sounds like you're, you're really, it's about the same as it is for us. You know, you're, you're finding the right connections, you're networking and you're submitting and doing it, you know, through the right people. And that seems to be the best way. I think personally, I'm just going to reach out to my agents again. It's been about a year since we talked about it and they were excited about it at the time, but then we just never moved forward. But that brings me to a different question. Sorry, JT, to, to jump in. I hope you don't mind. No, of course um, not. When we're, when we're dealing with kids, how do you personally handle helping them feel not like a failure when they don't book? Because you talked about like, oh, it's something that you can do for fun. But when you take piano lessons or singing lessons or art lessons, it's all for the love of the performance. But it seems like sometimes with the job of auditioning, they can feel easily very frustrated when they don't, you know, if you don't... It, I can put in a hundred auditions and not book a job and think nothing of it, but they're like, why don't they like me? You know, how do you help a child get through that mentality? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough one. And I have to be pretty gently firm with them that this is part of being a voice actor is getting nose that that's that's part of the job that we we do a lot more auditions than we get booked for and that if if you can't accept that that you might not want to do this but if you have fun just doing this i, I mean i have to tell them i know this is hard i know this hurts 
Um, and mostly it's not me that's telling them. Mostly it's the parents. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, you just have to tell them the truth, you know? Yeah. As long as you're doing the best you can, that's all you can do. And I sometimes liken it to honey. If it's like in a play, if we don't know what they're looking for, and if they want a blonde and you're a brunette, they're going to take the blonde and it has nothing to do with you. We just put, we just do the best we can. Yeah, absolutely. I know with, I figured I'm not the only one who has had this issue. So I asked the question, I know with my kids, what I tell them is it's like ice cream and somebody's always going to want, you know, strawberry and somebody's going to want butter pecan. And if you were strawberry and they wanted butter pecan, it's just not that strawberry wasn't delicious. It just wasn't what they wanted that day. And that seems to really click with, with my kids. And, and maybe that's, you know, it's pretty similar to the brunette and the blonde thing, right? Yeah. But all kids love ice cream. It is. It's really hard. It's hard. And, and it breaks a mother's heart, you know, to watch your child feel like, you know, I I hate to say failure because I don't want to put that word on them, but it, but it is, it's very hard. It's heartbreaking. And um, I, I think the other thing is that, you know, we just celebrate the audition. We celebrate mm-hmm. they're doing a great job and just let them know that that's part of the job is doing the audition. I love it. That's really great advice. And well, on that note, when they're in the middle of an audition or even in a job, um, how do you teach kids or, and maybe this is, maybe this is a just coach with me and, and we'll figure it out, but um, how do you teach kids to take direction? I know when when my daughter first started working that she'd get so frustrated when I wanted her to do more than one take, like, why wasn't take one good enough? You know? And, and it was me, you, you just don't like what I did. And I'm like, no, 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 we just want options. So is there some method that you use to help them understand like how to take direction better? Yeah. I mean, and, and I start that right. Almost the very first lesson, I start them on three in a row. I, I call it the or game. Um, or you could say it this way, or you could say it this way. And I teach them several different ways to do three in a rows. I, I do legato, staccato, syncopated, which is smooth, choppy, or taking a, a pause in between the line. I do low to high, high to low, and straight across. Then I do with emotion. So three different emotions for every line. So I start them on how to do two takes of, a, of the same line almost from the get-go. And then um, I don't teach them to do two takes until, you know, after we've done many, 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 probably months of lessons. But I do tell them that they do have to learn how to do two takes and that that's because almost all the auditions that I get from like Celia or cope management, or like today, I got auditions from Celia and cope management, which if your kids didn't get them and you're with me, it's because they weren't in the right age range. But um, they wanted two takes. And I tell them, first of all, there's the three, five rule. You have three to five seconds to get them to notice you. So we work on a lot of vocal efforts which no matter how many times I tell these kids, you got to put in vocal efforts, they forget. And they forget their audience. So I have to drum into them. You've got to remember your audience. Who are you talking to? If you want it to sound authentic, you've got to remember your audience. Then your two takes have to be, every single line has to be completely different. So the best way I can teach you to do two different takes is to change your audience. Talk to somebody different. Make a completely different backstory and a completely different audience. And you can have two takes. I love it. Sounds like uh, a lot of us adults could stand to coach with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps. I mean, that was, that was the simplest way that I learned how to do it. And so it was the simplest way to teach the kids how to do it. 
but sometimes you just have to go line by line with the kids to make it different. And, yeah. and sometimes it's a little tedious. So they're like, no, nah, I don't want, do I have to? I was like, no, you don't have to, if you don't want to audition, it's okay. Yeah. Well, and it's okay if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. That is fabulous advice. I am going to toss it over to NJ to do our halfway mark. We've hit our halfway mark. I know. We're, we're moving right along. So it looks like, um, yep, we're 30 minutes in. We would like to thank today's sponsor, Dan Friedman at Sound for VO, professional coaching for voice and sound. Dan offers transformational coaching with undeniable results. And we're excited to share that Dan's new book, Zen and the Art of Voiceover, which Martha did a selfie with, is now available on Amazon. If you have questions or are interested in coaching with Dan, reach out by email to dan at sound4vo.com. And I will put the link in chat for you as well. Uh, let's do a quick re room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties. Our goal is to help working voice actors get their answers, get the answers to their questions from the VO pros who know. Tonight, we're joined by Martha Kahn, and we're talking about kids and VO. Um, so this goes back to me. Questions we have in the chat. You were doing a great job, Martha, of popping in and out, um, checking on those. Let's see. Um we talked about, oh, best age. Okay, so Brian wants to know what is the best age to get kiddos in VO. You want to speak to that? Yeah. Um, like I said, I think it's best to have them start when they can read. Because, like I said, otherwise you're just line reading them. And, you know, you can line read a kid, but once they get into the studio, they're going to need to be line read in the studio. So I think that eight is a great age to start. I love my eight-year-olds. Uh, some, you know, if they're seven and they really read well, the, the very best age is when they really want to do it. You know, that's the best age. When, when they think they're ready and they really want to do it. But if they can't read, it makes it tough on the coach. Now, there are coaches that say that they'll take them at any age. I prefer having them read. Do you find that um, improvisation is an, an, an intuitive things for young, uh, an intuitive thing for young children to do? Do you, do you, is that even necessary? You know, you talk about reading. And so if kids can, you know, work through a script, great. But do you find that for their age or for the projects that there needs to be efforts, the giggles, the the ease of improvising? 100%. Okay. Uh, I start every class. The, the or game is improv. And I do a lot of improv with the kids. And if I could clone Scott Parkin or be Scott Parkin. <laughs> or somebody like Scott Parkin, I would absolutely do and be that. Uh, improv is so good for the kids. And like I said, if, if before they can read, before they can, you know, before they can come into a VO class, if they can't read, to take acting classes and take improv. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Now. Do you have, I, I don't think AB covered this earlier. She was asking a few questions. Do you, do, do kids come into when they work with you? Do you find that they put on a voice or are kids pretty good about just being them? Um, some kids like to play with accents and some kids do you mean put on a voice because yeah. they're... No, not because they're insecure, but, you know, yeah, like putting on an accent or trying to just sound like something else. Um, You know, I, I definitely encourage them to play with voices when we're doing warm-ups and playing games and things like that. When we're doing reads, especially in the beginning, I don't encourage accents because... If you're going to do an accent, it needs to be pretty darn spot on. 
And if they want a British voice actor, they're going to hire a child who's British. So unless you really are 100% perfect in that voice, I, I recommend that the kids use their normal voice. Um, an example, the other day I was working on an animation with a young gal, and she was putting on a really high squeaky voice. And I said, you know, let's try more of your chest voice and let's hear how it sounds. And she was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so much better. And that other voice was really hurting my throat. And I said, oh, you know, what if Nancy Cartwright did a voice that was hurting her throat for Bart Simpson? <laughs> what would happen 10 years later if they loved that voice and she had to keep using that voice? So I encourage kids to use more of their natural voice and keep it where it's comfortable so that they don't hurt their voices. And authenticity is the name of the game these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find, are you able to articulate the difference between a head voice and a chest voice for kids? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, especially when we do animation, we do play with the head voice and we start out with, you know, oh, look, it's a sunny day. Who does that sound like? You know, and it's like, oh, it sounds like Mickey Mouse. Can you do that voice? Oh, look, it's a sunny day. And then we put it into a chest voice. And when we start animation, we can play with a lot of voices. Now, somebody like Devin, who studies German and knows German, if if he wants to play around with a German accent, and that's something that's totally familiar with him, then that's something that we can definitely play around with because it's it's authentic to him and who he is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you find with castings, you know, I do. Devin is a, a very, very unique kid um, and very talented. Do you find that... There is a, now Devin is, is, is an older teen. So for younger kiddos, are you finding that you work with kids who speak, who are multilingual and does that change how you coach? Um, I have I have only worked with a couple of kids who are multilingual. So I really can't answer that. Okay. I, I actually have only worked with a couple of them at VO Atlanta. Uh, most of my kids are just standard American English. And so uh, I, that question doesn't really apply to me too well. That's okay. Well. No, I, and appreciate your, your honesty. Um, okay. A couple more questions from the chat. Brian asked, when setting up their demo, would it be better to use products they are interested in? What time of What type of commercials do children usually book? Great question, Brian. Thank you. I do demos. Um, I um, have done quite a few demos that have gotten kids agents and work. And I have a very specific brand finder. So I ask kids, what are their favorite brands? What bugs them about their family members so that I can write some very cute and clever demos that are interesting and fun and touching and heartwarming. Uh, I kind of follow a, a little bit of um, other professional demo makers' um, levels of uh, five elements of demos so that they have at least five elements to their demos as far as voice styles. And uh, I have a PSA. I have kind of a swagger, kind of sassy spot. I have a, an empathetic spot. Um, and so uh, the, the type of commercials that are on there are geared towards having the kids have at least five different styles on their demos. And the demos are about a minute, 15 seconds long. Uh, I can't answer what type of commercials kids book because they're all over the map, you know? I mean, if I turn on my TV, there's kids on San Diego Zoo, Legoland, um, Safari Park, you know, the the local things like that, uh, national stuff. Um, 
oh, um, oh, Great Wolf Lodge, things like that. But then there are like Bonnie Bell Cheese things. I mean, you know, you just never know what kids are going to book. Uh, so we, I do demos so that they have the style of speech that kids would get booked for. Does that answer your question, Brian? We'll wait for Brian to answer in the chat room. Let's hope so. Um, Oh, yes. He says, wow, "Wow, yes. Yes. Um, By the way, my name is spelled wrong up there. It's K-A-H-N, not K-H-A-N, just so you know, in case you want to Google me. We will fix that, Um, Martha. Apologies. Thank you. Yeah, that would have been that would have been my fault. Very, very sorry. I spelled nope. it like Khan Academy instead of like like your name. Very sorry. So next, well, my ma- my maiden name was Fink, so we don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy Stafford, um, she's got two little boys. So she wonders, um, do you have any tips for sibling rivalry? protecting their little hearts. She's got a six-year-old son who reads better than the eight-year-old, but the older guy is a better actor-singer. They often audition for the same roles. Sometimes I'll have them both audition, but I'll I'll secretly only submit who she thinks is better. Do you have any tips on that? That's tough. Yeah, Amy, I feel you. Um, uh, You know, one thing I might do is just audition them in different rooms at different times or you know audition them at different times so that they're not feeling like they're competing with each other and um really just i mean i'm sure you already do this and that's just praise what they're really proficient at um and um you know uh i would do just what you're doing and submit if if one is really submission worthy over the other, just submit the one that is um, more applicable to the job. And if they both are, you could submit both. And um, you know, kids are going to be kids. They're they're especially siblings. They're going to be competitive. I work with a lot of, of siblings. Um, you know, I work with Tracy Lindley's four kids. We worked all at once. Um, the Damsgard kids, there's four of them. I worked with all four at the same time. Um, I think as they get older, they'll become less, there'll be less rivalry. But I think just, you know, promote what they're good at. That would be my best suggestion. Okay. Well, it's a t- uh, great tip. Thanks, Martha. Okay, yeah. And yeah, that's tough. Kids it is are, tough. Kids and entertainment, full stop. <laughs> that's just, it's just a hard, it's a hard industry, even as adults. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, having um, uh, imposter syndrome or, you know, questioning how good we are. Did I do a good take versus was it a bad take, you know, really making everything black and white and understanding it's subjective. I mean, certainly as adults, we struggle with that. So I can only imagine as kiddos, that makes it tough. Um, JT, do you want to jump in? Sure. I didn't want to interrupt. Um, so you mentioned the commercial demo for the kids and having uh, the five different spots on there. Is it the same for us as it, uh, for them as it is for us? Should they have more than just a commercial demo? Should they have animation and narration and, you know, get into those other genres? You know, that's a tough question because, you know, most kids don't even have websites unless they are really at the top of their game. Give me one second. I'm going to just look at, I'm, I'm going to look at like somebody like Lila Sage. Um, Lila is Jen Knight's daughter. Okay. Um, she's, she's done a lot of work. She's been in like, um, she did a Super Bowl commercial and she did, uh, um, no, she doesn't, she doesn't even have a, um, she only has a commercial demo. So, you know. Uh, she was in Toy Story 4 and did a Super Bowl commercial. She's done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But she only has a commercial demo. Um, 
you know, if the kids are going, I have a package that has a commercial demo and then two narration spots for voice one, two, three. Uh, if they're on going to go on voice one, two, three, they definitely need a couple of narration spots because there's a lot of narration work on voice one, two, three. But with if they have an agent, all they need, they need something to get the agent, which is why, like, like at VO Atlanta, Porsche said, oh, they don't need a, a demo. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How are they going to get an agent if they don't have a demo? So they really need something to get the agent, which is a demo. So I think a commercial demo is enough. If, if at, at some point they're really, you know, big and, and, they have a website and they want to do an animation demo, maybe, but at this point, I don't think so. So do you think maybe it's, I mean, it's kind of silly, I think, for most kids to have a website. Is it a bad idea or a good idea to just throw them a, a tab on our own website? Well, you could do that. I mean, you know, Devin is, is going to be 18. He's going to be an adult. So it's a little days, different, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's, he's going to, he's already going to qualify in a different category with the little ones. You could put it on your website. Um, I know that's something like that, that Jennifer Knight did for a long time. She tagged her kids onto her website. Um, and that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gives somebody a place to go and see their, hear their demos and hear the commercials they've done, maybe see them if there's a video attached to it without the expense and maintenance of a whole other website. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I did. It gave my kids, it gave me a landing page to be able to send out when someone inquires about them or sometimes from voice one, two, three, I put it in there auditions. Um, you know, you can check out my demos on my website since you can't, um, always submit everything you want for, you know, an audition. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I see that there's a question. Do I teach dubbing and voila? I do not. Lynn Ann Zager teaches ADR and looping. And uh, you can find out her info on her website. And that's L-Y-N-N-A-N-N-E, Linan Zager. Okay. Would you spell Zager for us? Z as in zebra, A-G-E-R. Okay. There we go. And if you want to throw the info in the chat for that uh, singing coach that you're talking about, there may be some parents who would like to connect with that singing coach as well. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, um, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Oh yes. Okay. I will do that. Uh, uh, Let me do that when I'm not talking. So I, and I'll put her email um, in there for you all. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I had a couple other quick things. Oh, as far as animation too, um, is it similar for kids again as it is for adults? Do you find that they need to be close to LA or New York City to be able to work in animation successfully? No. Uh, as a matter of fact, the uh, the uh, singing coach, uh, her daughter. Uh, just did uh, a whole series, and they're going to start the second series. Oh, actually, it's it's a it's a narration animation, kind of an e learning animation. But not only did Hoku get it, but her her mom got it too. So it's a mother daughter, and uh, they live in Atlanta. So you oh, know, fun. it's not a hard and fast rule anymore. That's great. Um, we also had somebody ask, what's a good way for kids to practice? 
Are there workout groups for kids that you're aware of? I would like to start one. So uh, not that I know of at this point, but I am going to start one if I can find a time that will work. Because, you know, all my kids that have matriculated, I know they're not practicing. Mm -hmm. And um, they need to, just like us. So, yeah, I need a workout group for the kids. Well, when you get that started, let us know because we'll post it in our um, in our Facebook group and stuff too. Great. Thank you. Yeah. I know I'd be the first on the list because I don't think there's anything like that right now. And I know Tracy, Lindley, and I have both talked about the fact that it'd be great to have a way for our kids to just, even just to build some community with each other, the way that we build community. So. Yes. And I adored working with her kids. We had a blast. Yeah. What what a group of talented little kids they are. So, yeah, I'll uh, you know it's finding the time because of the time zones. It makes mm-hmm. a hard, makes it challenging. Yeah, we know that one. Yeah, because <laughs> right? we're both over here and Jen's in Arizona, and well, not today. Today we're all in the same Finally! time zone. That's right. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast today. <laughs> we're trying to get her to move, wins. but. I don't think Andy's going to go for uh, it. No, we've already done the East Coast. We've done the Northeast. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, we've moved out west. Route 66. To... Anyway. <laughs> well, guys, holy moly. Um, we are near the top of the hour. Um, Martha, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being here. Should I put my email down at the bottom for you guys? You will, but not yet because we're all, we're not quite done. Before you go, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, kind of uh, James Lipton style. Are you ready? Oh, Are absolutely. You ready? <laughs> so the first question is, what singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Oh, my gosh. You know, I've been a little bit hot on Chris Stapleton lately. Not bad. After that uh, national anthem for the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. Not upset about that at all. He's got a gritty, gritty voice that's just range And range for days. And he he acts like he is cool as a cucumber, like completely unmoved when he performs. Yeah. He's got that Etta James style in a, mm-hmm. in a full, full grown man. You know, a uh, quick um, little um, factoid that I learned his really, really popular song, which is smooth as Tennessee whiskey. That's not the name of it, but that's what it is. Tennessee whiskey. It did. You know that that has actually been covered like five times. And I'm talking Who's the guy that had the show? Oh, okay, I can't think of it. It's been covered by like five different country artists, and I'm talking back to like the 60s. No so way. That's, yes, that song, you have to look it up. That song has been made, I think, by four or five different country artists, and it took Chris Stapleton to take it all the way to the top and that for his arrangement and his version to just become a household version. So I thought that was really interesting. Cool. All right. Number two, what podcast, if you listen to podcasts, we found out a lot of our interviewees do not listen to podcasts, but if you do, what have you been listening to lately? You know, I don't really listen to podcasts. The only one I really listened to was Meghan Markle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) all right. Well, that is interesting because we asked that question because we were just like, oh, it's something maybe we can listen to also. But a lot of our folks don't listen to podcasts and that's okay. And then the last question is, what is your favorite dessert? Ice cream. <laughs> but Okay, what kind of ice cream? Oh, man, I'm just a plain old chocolate chip girl. I can't eat ice cream very often, but when I do, I just love chocolate chip. I love it. We had, uh, we had, a, we had a VP from DreamWorks on, and he just goes, cake. <laughs> died laughing because they're like that's it he's like yeah my favorite my favorite dessert is just cake so i like that yours is just ice cream (laughs) sweet i mean 
almost any Talenti will do, you know? Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, A.B., I'm going to turn it over to you. We want to remind everybody that VO Booth Besties is live now two days a week. And we invite you to join us on Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific and for our VO 101 series on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn. Join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays are available to listen to on our website, boothbesties.com, on YouTube, on Spotify, or anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share your comments with us, like, and subscribe. You can sign up for the VO Booth Besties Monday newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead, and you'll find discounts from our affiliate partners there as well, including Voice123. They've offered a really nice um, discount membership for new Voice123 members, so you'll find that in the newsletter. And coming up Thursday, we're joined by David Goldberg of Edge Studios to talk about classes, coaching, demos, and all the things newer talent want to know about. And next Monday, we're getting into corporate, medical, and technical narration with Anne Ganguza. So you're not going to want to miss that. Thank you so much. It was a joy to be with you. It was just wonderful. If anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Good night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.